Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and we're joined with my lovely wife, Miss Southern Shell. Shell, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Having a good day? Yeah. Ready to podcast? Ready to podcast. Right. Hey, we're here. We're, we're, uh, we're actually recording this a day early because of weather. We're thinking it's going to rain, so we didn't get to record videos today. Normally, we film Wednesday, podcast Thursday. Yeah, we reversed Flipping it. the script today. This yeah. Week, yeah. So I'm good. Um, and also, we're getting out of town a little earlier this week. We're going to be leaving Friday morning That's to right. head to uh, Melbourne, Arkansas for the SEA Cook. That's I talked to Shane over there, who's uh, Townsend Spices, Shane and Lawson, uh, own and run that company, and they're the ones heading up this contest. It's the Townsend Spice and Supply Contest, SEA State Contest. They've got, I think it was 69 entries already, oh. and I don't know if they were letting any more in, if it was too late, but uh, I know... If you still want to get in, I imagine you can because I because I'm sure they got plenty of steaks, and they've got uh, trout. Shane called me yesterday to tell me about. It. He was amazed. Everybody's getting fillets of trout, and he said the fish looks fantastic. Yeah, he did say so, they were yeah. pretty. So do you, did you even ask him if they're deboned? I'm sure they are. Yeah, if it's fillets, should That's be off the bone. Awesome. I mean, sometimes trout have those little pin bones. You just yeah, have to yeah. feel and remove, but. That's going to be a fun category there. What would you do? How would you prepare your trout? If I've got, man, tell you what, it's it's hard to beat that. I already fr- know what you're going to say. Fried catfish. <laughs> I'd probably do, I'd probably do a fried trout over like a bed of rice, and then do like a shrimp or a crawfish or a both etouffee. Yeah, but you got to have six over individual the portions. Yeah. Oh. You can't just build a box of that, can I don't you? Think I would that. put it in little boats you and get a trout it. fillet with a little bit of rice in the bottom of it. I'd make sure that's how I did it. Yeah. So everybody's going to get like a little teeny it, piece of fillet? I don't think it'd be teeny. I would try to get as much as I could of one. I'm not talking, it's not a one bite challenge. Yeah. It's so not. I'm thinking like, you know how the world's foods, how they give us these little boats yeah. or the little. I don't know if it has to all. Do they have to all go in the turn-in box yes. at SEA? Yes, it has to. So be you got to find six. Man, that makes it tough. There, it makes it a lot tougher. You could put six pieces of catfish in there. You could definitely do that. I on could a get, bed with a, a pepper in the middle with your tartar sauce in yeah, it, or something like that. I would, like I would that. figure out a way to do that. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, I think the etouffee sauce just sets it off and be something different. It would gives it a little bit of a creamy, saucy element that goes with it. You would just have to do six miniature ones. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out how to do figure it. out how to do it. I'd yeah. figure out a way to get it in there. You can use like um, non-edible garnish in those boxes. You can use. I thought it had to be edible. Uh, Does you it? can use like plates and. Little, oh yeah, you can have little that, spoons the, yeah, and things like that. To have that thing yeah. in there, yeah. Ribbons or whatever you. Want. I imagine you'll see a lot of people try to fry or grill it, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Trout little trout sliders probably wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> to fry trout sandwiches, <laughs> little bitty yeah. ones. With like a little slaw and a little tartar sauce on it. So um, if you do win the trout contest, it's $500 plus a weekend um, at the Jack's White River Resort um, and JoJo's Catfish Wharf. You get a guided cat, uh, trout fishing trip. Yep. On the then, White River. And then two nights at the resort. And then I think a dinner at the steak or catfish house, right? That's awesome. It's, yeah, I think so. I think that's a heck of a, for an ancillary. 
That's, That's like a thousand dollar prize. Yeah. If y'all see me Easy. up there cooking, mind your business. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna come in there and cook incognito, Tyler. Yep. Incognito. <laughs> have you ever cooked in a contest before? I have not. Like a, uh, a not one up here. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know. I probably will someday. Yeah. Scary. You should. Fun. Contest is. It's a great place to start. Yeah. It's a, you know you don't have to invest in a lot of equipment to cook steaks. Just show up with your grill. Show yeah. up with your Weber. And the entry fees for this weren't that bad, so. No, what was it, 160 bucks to enter? Something like that, yeah. I don't think, that include trout? Or no, get, no, it was, it was, it was an like extra like 25 or 30 to get in something the trout. bucks for yeah. the trout. Well, and the steak's paying out how much? 2500 For the first place, place steak? Yeah. That's why there's going to be 70 teams in Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a big payout all the way through, down through the top yeah, 10. Yeah, the top 10. No, it's going to be a great time. The weather's actually, I think we're getting a little break in the weather. That summer heat's kind of tampering down a little bit so it's only going to be in the upper 80s and versus upper 90s right i, I hope I did hope. you look did you pull the forecast for melbourne that's what y'all keep telling me but i hadn't look at it i was just looking here because i mean I've, I've been kind of watching it here just know it's going to be nice and cool come yeah. on out <laughs> <laughs> also i wanted to talk real quick about our vipp it's our very important pig picking oh yeah in november right november 5th only way to get a ticket there's only one way Help us raise money for the Palmer Home. That's right. Top five people that uh, help us raise the most money. You can give a donation yourself. You can start a team. I've seen people uh, doing like a little fundraising cook and donating proceeds. Oh, that's started, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really a great idea. Yeah. I mean, that's how we used to raise money when we were doing barbecue, you know, events and things or uh, fundraisers. Yep. Cook barbecue and then allocate some of those proceeds after after cost to to the charity. That's a good way to do it. That's how we paid for our barbecue and for a, long, a lot of years, yeah. That and we would host a crawfish. annual crawfish bowl, yeah. yeah. We need to bring that back sometime if we I'm find a down. location. I'm down. Just need a good location for it. It's always in the spring. It's always a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so that's the very important pig pick in November fifth. It'll be an all day long thing. It's we're gonna be hanging out, cooking a whole hog. We're gonna feed you good. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna roll out the red carpet. Here at the shop. In Here Hernando. at the shop. Come and hang out with all of us. But you can only get a ticket if you help us raise money That's for right. the Palmer Home. And if you want more information on the Palmer Home or how to become a fundraiser for this event, go to howtobarbecuewrite.com forward slash Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R. There you can find all the links, how all the information. A, how to set up a drive. Everything, yeah. So uh, don't want to miss that. George Strait might show up. <laughs> <laughs> might. Might. There was a big mic there. There's a big asterisk there. It's probably a no. <laughs> Just go ahead. I might could find somebody named George. How about that? <laughs> Do you know any Georges? I know a couple, yeah. I know a couple Georges. You can get them to come by. One's a monkey. <laughs> Is it? Oh, yeah. That's curious. He's pretty curious. Um. Okay, so this week we did fried catfish. We did. Speaking that was, of fried catfish. Speaking of fried catfish... I want to do something that wasn't barbecue, and catfish is one of my favorite things to cook, and I kind of showed you how to do it. Um, if you're at home and not cooking, you know, this isn't a big for a big catfish fry for, you know, the whole neighborhood or anything. This yeah. was like how to do it for dinner, and I used a tabletop fryer that we had bought at Walmart. There's like a little two-basket deal. You poured peanut oil in it. It was like a $50 yeah. fryer. It's a bad little oh, dude for 50 bucks. It, I mean, I'm telling you, it really is. The cleanups on it a breeze too, because I I saved the you know I bought what was it the bigger jug of peanut oil, not the big Sam's Club, 
But it was just one you could get at the grocery store. Yeah. And save that jug when you pour the oil in it. And I just write the Sharpie on it, you know, fish grease. And when I get through <laughs> cooking, I'll take it and put it through a funnel with a little strainer and pour it right back into that jug. And I, I'll get several cookings out of it. Yeah, so how many cookings do you get out of that? Man, I mean, holding it at like 350 to 375, it doesn't burn. It never gets close enough to smoking the oil so it doesn't get too dark. I mean, I'll, you can cook on that thing for six months. Uh, what if you cook fries and hush puppies and all that? Yeah, it doesn't phase it. It okay. doesn't phase That's it. That's fine. You just as long as you keep it. it filtered, yeah. And, and the way I pour it out, a lot of that, you know, kind of crumbs or, you know, batter that comes off of stuff or anything stays in the bottom of it as I pour it kind of slowly through the funnel. So it's really not a lot to strain. It's pretty clear still. As long as you don't get it too hot and just fry it all the time, you can get a bunch of cooks out of it before you need to change it. But I wouldn't recommend, like, Frying chicken or something. If you're not if you're not cooking fish, don't use the fish oil. Why? Well, it yeah, like it's fish. gonna have a little fishy taste. It just does. It picks it up. Um, but, so and so you I like used peanut oil. Yeah, I always use peanut oil. I mean, Why? it's the for one, it's got a higher smoke point, so you can take it up to that three seventy five. It's not gonna phase it. If it gets up over four hundred a little bit, it's still fine. You're not gonna get any bad taste in the oil, but it does give uh, fried food a little better flavor than just canola oil or vegetable oil or something like that you know that's what chick-fil-a uses heck yeah it's a secret and for even with people with peanut allergies i have i have read that the allergy does not transfer through the oil oh, so really? you don't have to worry about that now i'm not saying go out and get you yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're not we responsible did, but, for yeah but that's what I've, that's what i've been told that's what i've been told so malcolm is not a some people are having aversion to it or frying with peanut oil because of allergies but they say you can't get any allergen from frying something in peanut oil I don't know. I mean, I'm no scientist. Yeah. So I don't know, but that's what I was told. But I always use it. I always use that for for frying. It makes a better frying. It's a little more expensive. Even when I fry turkeys, I fry them in peanut oil. You can tell the difference. You can tell, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. And you know, you have a big. I don't know what fish it is. cooker. Bayou fish cooker. Yeah, yeah. I got a Bayou Classic, classic. and um, I've got another one that's oh, Cajun that. RV works. Yeah. It's like a steel one. So I've got a stainless one and a steel one. One of them's a deer camp. One of them's, you know, I've got it in the garage. Yeah. And those are great. If I'm cooking fish for a lot of people, I'm definitely, you know, hooking the propane bottle up and firing that dude up. But it takes, you know, longer to get it. You got to use way more oil. It's not worth it if I'm just cooking a few, you know, a few fillets. Like, I think for this recipe, I bought, like, you can buy, these were Pride of the Pond, Catfish fillets. We got a. Uh, there's several in Mississippi, uh, and I, you know, I always cook Mississippi pond raised catfish. It's the best tasting. It's we clean. have done some Louisiana pond raised. Yeah, I have cooked some Louisiana, place. and it's good too. But I try to support my Mississippi catfish farmers. Yeah, we were in and, a pinch, and yeah, that's all they had. Yeah, Louisiana. But but uh, these were pride of the pond, and that's a local um, fish farm down in Tunica. Mississippi, which isn't far from us at all, but another one I like is Simmons catfish, and that was one that was real big that your uh, your folks you always used with Simmons, and we even see Simmons in the grocery stores here. Like there's a, a Kroger will have Simmons fillets and nuggets and whole fish a lot of times at Kroger in a box. Usually they're you know four or five pound box froze. Kroger had um, had them on sale the other day when I saw them, but. Uh, so a lot of times I'll go down to Pride of the Pond because it's not too bad and pick it up right there. They sell right, you know, they have like a, not a wheel call, but it's like a, you know, a little sales office where you can go in there and buy them fresh from the pond. 
They're fresh froze. I always buy them froze. But that's if you're feeding a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're doing a fish fry. Right. There's nothing wrong with buying catfish at the grocery store. Just know where it comes from. If you're cooking that, I mean, you got to watch it. I don't even know Mississippi if they'll let you call it catfish if it's in the store. Unless you say it's from Vietnam or so. You got you yeah. to, you know. If it, you You've got to say it. Yeah, now. yeah. Well, where would you source catfish if you aren't in Mississippi and aren't really um, close to this area? I know. I don't know about Pride of the Pond, but I know Simmons had, you can buy it from their website and they ship it to you. They'll ship it. So I would highly recommend trying that. But most most stores sell catfish. You know, you can find some. And you just have to watch it if it's USA catfish or if it's, you know, Vietnamese catfish. Can you go catfishing? Yeah. <laughs> and catch the catfish, yeah. clean them. A lot of people a lot up. of people love to do that. Why don't you? I mean, to me it's just not as good as pond raised catfish. I know those fish are clean. What they've been eating. Catfish is a bottom feeder. So you got to watch them. And, I mean, there's some cats that taste better than others, like yellow cats probably are flatheads are probably the best tasting. If you can get some of those of the right size, they're awesome. But you take a big old giant blue cat or, you know, they're not that channel cat. I, I prefer to eat them, but I like them, you know, in that one, one and a half to probably three or four pound range to make some good catfish if you're catching out of a pond or river or something. But that's a – I'm just I'm – a, I'm a pond-raised guy. You remember we had a friend that everybody called catfish because he was a bottom feeder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd date anybody. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that. So how did you learn how to cook catfish? Man, I've been cooking catfish as long as I've been able to walk. <laughs> <laughs> we always had. I mean, we weren't cooking barbecue. We was frying fish. Yeah. So that's just something you grew up doing in the South. Was it always it was, catfish you were frying? No, we cooked, I mean, my family, bluegill, bass, crappie, catfish. Whatever it didn't you matter. got. Yeah, whitey. <laughs> it didn't matter. Whatever we, whatever we got. They ate fish. We didn't eat them all the time, but it was, you know, in the summer, I mean, my uncles always caught fish. Me and my brother grew up fishing. We, You know, we were, that's what we did in the summer. I don't, we don't eat a lot of fried catfish in the winter, but it seems yeah, like it's summer Yeah, it's a summer thing. Yeah. But we all, I mean, there used to be a ton of catfish houses too. Like you ever, you know, there's not many in DeSoto County now. One, uh, we got one here in Hernando, right outside of Hernando, called Catfish Country. That's pretty good. And several of the rest, restaurants still sell Mississippi pond raised catfish, but you don't see the catfish houses up here as much as you used to. And then you get down South Mississippi, there's still several. Yeah, Central Mississippi, South Mississippi is yeah. a big thing. Could, could your technique, do you use the same technique for all those fish? Um, or do you change it up a little bit? That's pretty much my solid catfish technique. Now, if I'm using, if I'm cooking other fish, I might use a wet batter or something or different things or a different kind of fish fry. But when I'm cooking catfish, I want to use cornmeal. I want to season it myself. I want to dry the fillets off really well so the batter doesn't get too thick. I don't like a thick batter. Some people, you know, some people put it in like a marinade and they put their batter on and it. It just builds up this layer of crust on the outside. You don't even taste the fish. You're just tasting the marinade and the batter they put on it. I like it to be where you can taste the pond-raised catfish. You know, it's, it's got a really unique, almost buttery flavor to it. it it's, does. it's really, really good. So what I do is I'll get those fillets and thaw them out. Usually I'll let them thaw overnight in the fridge. Uh, you can speed thaw fish pretty easy. Like you put it in water, submerge it in water, and you know. It's do you have any bag. worry or? About speed, uh, uh use, fish? no, not really, because it doesn't take that long. Fish thaw super fast, and then I put it out on a wire rack, let it dry a little bit, air dry, and then I'll take paper towels and get the excess moisture off. Then I'll always, so I'll start with 
just say if I'm cooking like I did um, f- five to ten fillets that I split up into smaller little strips. That's and I always do that too. Instead, I don't I don't like a big huge fillet of catfish. And sometimes you get these catfish fillets that weigh eight ten ounces. They're just too big. The ends are going to be dry, and they're going to you know they're going to cook to cook to nothing by the, by the time you get the center of a big thick fillet do, uh, done. So if you'll take those fillets and cut them up into smaller pieces or smaller strips, and usually there's a line. I like the I like the fillets that are in a, kind of like I think they're called five to sevens, or you know it's like four to sevens or five to sevens. It's kind of a medium sized fish fillet, but you get two nice strips off of it when you split it down that center line. That's what I always go for. I think when they're smaller pieces, they're crispy like oh, yeah. on the edge. Oh, and they're crispy not too the thick. Middle. You don't yeah. get a super thick piece of fish. It's like it's thin, it's crispy, it cooks even all the way across. And that's why I cook that size. They do have some smaller ones, like two to four ounce fillets, but they're almost too small. You know, if you cook those, you probably do need to cook the whole fillet, but usually I don't I don't buy those. I just want that medium size. You want the medium size and you want to cut it down the middle. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And so once you get them dry, I season my batter. I start with about two cups of just plain cornmeal from Martha White. Works great. If you got you want to use yellow, you can use yellow, but usually the one I have is white cornmeal. And I season it up. The same thing I put on the fillets, which is a little salt, pepper, garlic, the AP seasoning, and then a little bit of the King Crawl Cajun seasoning. And I don't go heavy with them. It's just a nice light coating to give it some flavor, to bring out that fish flavor, accompanies it. And when you mix that with the batter, you keep those same flavors going. You put a dry fillet in it. I usually just put that in a Ziploc bag, put my fillets in there, kind of do it in batches so they have room to get coated. Shake them around a little bit, take shake the excess off in the bag, and then lay them back on a wire rack and let them air dry again. So if you go straight to the grease, you're going to chance your batter staying kind of gummy. It might come off, but if you let it air dry just a little bit, and when I say a little bit, so yeah. air dry bread air dry again air dry again and that's uh i learned that at sonic we used to do that because i had to make <laughs> onion rings we, were, we had to take shit turns making onion rings every day and they always make them and then air dry them and then stick them in the walk-in cooler let them air dry some more with that air moving in the cooler and it makes a crispier not packy breaded onion ring yeah so i take that same philosophy and do it with fish fillets it works makes sense so once they dry you got your oil good and hot um, you know, 375 is usually my target, and I do check it. Don't just go by the little cheap fryer has got a dial on it, but I always want to, you know, drop a thermometer in it and see what it's at. And then I fry them and don't overcrowd them. I mean, catfish is super easy to fry. You just lay it down in the grease and let it do its thing, and it'll start floating. And then, you know, when you first drop it, you're going to see bubbles, and it's going to be frying like crazy, but it'll slow down. And so those bubbles will stop, and, you know, it'll quit hard frying. The pieces will kind of float to the top. You can kind of shake the basket a little, make sure nothing's kind of sticking, and it'll just kind of come up, and that's when it's done. Usually I would say it takes between 8 and 10 minutes, and, you know, you want to fry it long enough to each, where it's crispy. Like a, a each fry. fry. Yeah. yeah, each time. And I'll put, you know, depending on the size of your fryer, like that small one, I only did two or three strips in each basket each yeah. time. So I was cooking, you know, about six pieces each time. Let them drain really good. Turn them out on some kind of pepper towel or butcher paper, or even the even another rack. You can stick them on another rack. And usually, when I'm frying fish, if I'm frying other stuff, I'll fry everything else first and fry my fish last. I was going to ask you that yeah. if you're doing this whole meal. If I'm if I'm cooking French fries, if I'm cooking hush puppies, all of that, I'm going to usually I'm going to have a warm oven inside, just on warm, and then I'm going to have me some uh, cheap pans lined with foil set up and some racks on them. 
So I'll fry my French fries and hush puppies. You can fry those at the same time in separate baskets. You know, it, it take various times, but you can get it going, yeah. get the process going, get those on a rack and in that warm oven, your fries are going to stay crispy. Your, your hush puppies are going to stay hot. Uh, and then fry my fish last so that when we're ready to eat, we pull those out and the fish go straight to the table. Now, if I'm cooking enough fish to where I got to have, you know, the, use the oven to keep it warm, do the same thing. Have your rack set up with some sheet pans. As you fry your fish, you can put it on those racks and run, you know, run it over to the oven, stick it in there. Or, have somebody take it, yeah. you know, have somebody take it inside for you and bring it back. I mean, if you feed in a lot of people, you're just constantly dumping baskets. You're just constantly dumping them. Yeah, it goes fast. Yeah. yeah. Catfish is one of those things to me. Um, it's best as soon as it comes out of the grease. Yeah. When it's so hot and you break into it and it's steaming and you know it's almost too hot to eat, that's when it's the best. <laughs> it's not something you want to eat. I mean, I, I, I love don't, cold. Catfish. Don't put it past me to eat a cold piece of catfish. <laughs> but if I'm going to sit down, I want it. I want it hot. I want it fresh yeah. right out. And that's when that's when it's really really good. When you fry it the way you fry it, and don't let it like steam or yes. you know, and then let it basically, I guess, dry. After it's fried, yeah. I guess it, it stays pretty crispy. It does, and putting it on a rack or putting it on something absorbent to get the grease off—that's why it's important. When you pull it up out of the grease, let it drain really good, then get it out of the basket, and don't just pile it up on top of each other. Give each let piece room cool. to kind of you know do its thing. That'll keep your breading on it, and it'll keep it crisper. And then when you know as it cools off, you can kind of move them over and pile them up a little bit. But if you just have it sitting there with the hot grease coming out, it's going to kind of steam in those areas where air can't get around it and you don't want that that'll mess your batter all up you know it'll mess the crispness up of it i i mean i think it's the best when it comes fr- hot out of the grease hot out of the grease yeah but cold it's just if it's cooked right if <laughs> it's held right it's just as good that's I when mean, you know you got good catfish if right it's seasoned good enough and you can eat it the next day out of the refrigerator if there's any left over that's when you know you've cooked it right or you make a sandwich and that's how i do it. it yeah make a catfish sandwich how, what, how do you make your catfish sandwich it depends on what I got. It's two pieces, I have of, done two white pieces bread. of white bread, some mayonnaise, and some fish. Yeah. That's I all have you done need. <laughs> I did. So while we were doing that, I also shot a quick TikTok video of making a catfish sandwich. So how did you do your catfish sandwich? So it starts with a, anytime I'm making catfish, I make homemade tartar sauce too. I think it just goes with it. And that's with any kind of fried seafood. You got to have a good tartar sauce, right? Yes. You have a lot of good uh, fret or seafood or fish type. Sauce recipes. Yeah. Like you got a champagne minuet that's really good. Oh, you shrimp. shrimp and, yeah. You know, crab legs. You got your tartar sauce. How do you make well, your tartar blood. sauce? So I yeah, start. Yeah, you got a rumelon. The, the secret is using New Orleans own blue plate mayo. <laughs> <laughs> got to start with blue plate. Usually I'll do about two cups in a bowl, like a mixing bowl. And then I'll take a jar, of, just a small jar of dill pickle relish, like you buy if you're just cooking hot dogs. And it's probably, if I had to measure it, I don't. I just take the, do- the jar and kind of dump it in a wire mesh strainer. Four ounces. Four. It's, so, so it's Four half a cup. cup. Yeah, half a cup. Half a cup. Yeah. yeah, half a cup. Half a cup of dill pickle relish. And I take it, put it, in a, put it in a wire mesh strainer and use a fork or spoon or something and move it around to get all. You would be surprised by how much liquid is in that relish. You don't want your tartar sauce runny. You want it to stay, you know. Thick. thick. Yeah. Yeah, you want it to stay thick. So once I get it drained, I dump it in. While that's draining, I'll take about half of a sweet onion and chop it up super fine. I'm talking like like the like the onions McDonald's uses on their hamburger. You know, the little bitty pieces. That's what you want. 
You could um, food process that. You could put it in a food processor, definitely. You just have to make sure. Now, if you put it in a food processor, it's going to bring a lot of moisture out of that onion when you get it fine enough so you can strain it too. You don't want any added moisture. And you want about the same amount, a half a cup of finely minced up onion. So put that in the bowl. And then about two teaspoons of hot sauce. Now, y'all know I'm using the Killer Hogs hot sauce, but you could use whatever brand you want. Uh, it, it works. Uh, I'd probably stay away from like the Mexican style hot sauce. Yeah. You don't need that. Or hot, hot, hot. Yeah. If, I mean, if you want it hot, you eat it hot. Up. But you don't want to put too much hot sauce. You don't want to turn it orange. It still should have kind of a, a whitish tone to it. It's tartar sauce. So I put that in there and then I cut a lemon in half, squeeze it, catch the seeds. So you got some, you do put some moisture in there. That's the hot sauce and the lemon juice. That's fine. And then season it with salt and pepper. I usually grab my TX and just give it probably a tablespoon, but you could just use salt and fresh cracked black pepper, whatever you want. We've and then, AP. you know, something that I always, that I do do, and I don't think it was in the recipe was I add, usually add about two teaspoons of sugar to it just to, balance it and when you asked me for that recipe i was just going off my head i don't think i gave that to you but now that i'm thinking about it i always add a couple teaspoons you don't have to yeah yeah. because if you're watching the watching the carbs on it yeah don't do that but you know the deal is i don't want my tartar sauce too sweet that's why i didn't use sweet relish because sometimes you get tartar sauce and it's just sugary i don't like that i want it to have that creamy balance with the spices a little heat the vinegary notes the acidity from the lemon that citrus flavor. That's what you're going for. So you give all that a stir, whip it all up really, really well, put it in a little container with the lid or put some saran wrap over it and then stick it in the refrigerator because it's got to come together. Like it's not, if you taste it right then, and usually I do taste it to see if I got everything balanced, but it's not going to taste like it will an hour later after it's sitting and those flavors have came together. So that's my basic, you know, if you're having, if you're cooking anything fried seafood or fried fish, you got to make that tartar sauce. And that's so that's the glue of my fish sandwich. That's yeah. what goes back to the fish sandwich. <laughs> what so kind of bread do you like for the fish sandwich? Those hoagie sub rolls you can get, like I don't know what brand they are, Pepperidge Farm or Cobblestone or something like that, but you can see them in the bread aisle. It's They're like not a, too big. It's like really. a sesame seeded six inch sub roll that's split in half, not just the top cut. This is a split in half one. Take those, lightly, lightly butter them, stick them under the broiler, toast them a little bit, stick them in a toaster oven, whatever, and Put you a nice, you know, base of that tartar sauce on the bottom bun. And then come with your, I usually do like for a fish sandwich, I did shredded lettuce, tomatoes, pickles. You could use coleslaw. It works great, whichever one you do. But that's what I did right on top of that tartar sauce. Then I put my big piece of fish on it and usually, you know, a filet or two, whatever size you can get on there, depending on how big your filets are. Some pickled red onion goes really good mm-hmm. on it. And then more tartar sauce on top bun right on top. That's a fish sandwich. Now, that ain't the square fish sandwich <laughs> like y'all like from these fast food places. It's, I don't know what kind of fish. Probably shark. They tell you it's fresh cod. I don't know if I believe it. But mm, fish square. I've never seen a square fish. This is a Mississippi fried catfish sandwich. Is it kind of a po' boy? In a way, you know, it's not on a po' boy bread. That'd be the only biggest difference to me. And most of the time with a po' boy, they don't use tartar sauce a lot of times. They'll put remoulade or yeah. either just mayo, blue plate mayo. But try it with tartar sauce. I mean, just take I it to another level. The and the yeah. pickled red onions take it to another level, too. That wouldn't be on a po' boy. I like serving the pickled red onions just as a side to go with Always, the fish. always. Yeah. You've got to do the pickled red onions. It just 
there's something about fish, seafood, whatever, and vinegar with it. It just goes, and those pickled red onions are easy like to do. fish and chips, yeah. they kind of yeah. do the same Yeah, they thing. always give you the malt vinegar to put over it or whatever. Yeah. Same element. Now, pickled red onions are super easy to make. All I do is take a big purple onion, slice it up real thin, you know, in the rings, wring it out. Um, I'll take one cup of apple cider vinegar or white vinegar, one cup of I like water. apple cider. It gives it a better flavor personally. Yeah, and then one cup of water. Put that in a Pyrex measuring cup that's microwave safe. I go a tablespoon of sugar, a tablespoon of salt. Stick those in there, whisk them up. Three minutes, stir it. Two more minutes. It's hot. It's bubbly. Everything's incorporated. Put all those onions in a container, a bowl, and then pour that hot vinegar solution right over the top of it and let it hang out. You want to let it sit on the counter because it's too hot to stick right in the fridge immediately because it was boiling. So let it calm down at room temperature about an hour or so, and then, then just put your lid on it and stick it in the refrigerator and let it sit. Usually they're better the next day. You can eat them and probably – three to four hours, but I mean, they're going to last up to a week or two. We still got some left over and that's been a week in the fridge and we, eh, we've been eating them. <laughs> Michael they loves them. A, yeah. They've been on tacos. They go great on. with tacos. That's another thing. And fish tacos with those on them are really yeah. good. And you can fry that catfish, Sandwiches. cut it up a little bit, and make fish tacos, and you got all of a sudden you got catfish tacos. You're, um, you have a spicy chicken sandwich recipe or spicy chicken sliders. And yes. cheese, red, pickled red onions on that. They go great with that. Bar, uh, any, you know, pulled chicken with white sauce and purple red onion makes a heck of a barbecue sandwich. Even pulled pork. Pulled pork's great with it. Heck yeah. yeah. Pulled pork tacos with a uh, pickled red onion. Yeah. I'm not really, really big on like putting raw onion on stuff. You know, there's I guess there's yeah. times and places for a little bit of it on a burger or something, but most of the time, man, this pickled red onions are sauteed is a whole other ball game. So um, there's a whole new barbecue show on the Food Network. It is Barbecue USA. Barbecue USA. I did not know about this until a day or two ago. <laughs> I haven't been watching regular TV much. I know, and it's been summer. <laughs> but I've seen everything. people talk about it online, and yeah. there's a lot of great. Uh, barbecue friends that have been on it it's and it's going back to the roots i think it's it's a competition yeah it's yeah there's they're showcasing like competition barbecue and what it's supposed to be not fabricated you know not dramatic it's i mean it's supposed to be you know the real kind of like old pitmasters was the first you know first season or whatever they they did michael simon isn't he an iron chef I think so, yeah. Think so he's one of those, those Food Network guys. He's the one hosting it, going around to these different uh, contests. So okay. check it out. It comes on Food Network. I don't know what day. Do you? Uh, when I was pulling demand. it up, getting some information, the next um, airing, I guess they're going to play all the episodes on this Saturday, August yeah. 13th. So I figured we'd set it up to record. There you go. But um, I, I watched a little trailer, and it was like I saw U-Bonds, Fargalicious, The Shed, oh, Sugar Fire, Slaps. So a bunch of people we recognize, yeah. yeah. Mark said he heard they were going to be at the Jack filming. Oh, really? So that'd be interesting. Cool. You know, that's how a lot of those shows used to be on Food Network. They would really show what the contest was like. We got the chance to be on one in 06, was it? Yep. It was a Food Network show about Memphis and May, and it was like three teams. It might have been 07. It was, who was 06 it? They, or 07. It was 07. They followed, uh, they followed Red Hot Smokers. And Myron. Myron. And us. And you. 
That was interesting. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> do we? <laughs> I want people to go back and find that somewhere. Uh, I make all the new employees watch it. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, it's on the Killer Hogs YouTube channel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah. It's like our foundation story. It's like, just watch that. <laughs> this is what you need to watch first. Came a long way. I bet you look young. Does yeah. he look young? Yep, no beard. <laughs> Waylon looks so different. It's crazy. It's a it's a really cool though. It is cool to see like behind the scenes because like yeah. just because I've experienced it more recently, like what it was like for y'all then versus yeah. now. So yeah, we had a more partying back then. <laughs> just a touch, smidge, you would say. There's only like one scene where it kind of shows like inside the tent or what whatever like everybody's night. partying yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I'm sure there was much more. I don't even think that was our party. I don't. I don't know. Was that they got that the year. footage of. I mean, they got footage of our party. I don't yeah. know. Might not have used it. Might not have. <laughs> Might not have been rated for Food Network. But anyway, that that's pretty cool. Uh, we'll watch that show and talk about it a little more next time. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Have to get it recorded. Something. It just started in July, like a few weeks ago. So. Yeah, no, I've been seeing people post about it. I just had I didn't think to go set it up to record. Um. So I got an email talking about competitions. I've had a lot of people asking this. They're new to competitions. They want to get started in competitions, but they kind of want a little advice. And I'll say competitions are a lot of fun. They're, like, super fun if you do, like, less than six a year. <laughs> six or less a year, I would you're say. You're no more. You're not, you're not a team of the year type person? No. I'm not either. <laughs> um, I've, I've done a bunch. Of, like, we did 22 one year, and that wasn't even, like – even back then, that wasn't a lot. I thought like, it was oh, Y'all only did 22? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, to me, it was like every weekend it felt like, you know? That's like once every other week, basically. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about it is the way they fall, it sounds great. If there's one every other week, I was like, yeah, I'd probably do that. You know, gives me a week to catch up, get some other stuff done, do a contest. But a lot of them, it's like we did eight in a row. Yeah. Like every weekend for eight weeks because they don't, they don't fall to where they're spread out. I mean, it's like when they have them, it's bam, 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 you know. And so, you're traveling a lot. So it's not like it's local. Yeah. Most times you're driving, you're staying in crappy hotels. It's a. You're using Porta Johns. I quit the team multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> multiple times. She would quit every trip home. If we had, <laughs> if we had longer than a three hour drive, that's it. I'm done. Y'all could do it. I'm not. I quit the team. <laughs> she take her plants. We just got used to it. Yeah. She take her ficus trees. And, <laughs> nope. Can't use them anymore. See if y'all need my help. Y'all wouldn't listen to what I said. <laughs> Unless we won. This is all true. Yeah. Then you would. Oh well. See y'all listened. <laughs> I remember there was one time we were. It was a. It was a hot, long day. We didn't do well. We got lost on the way home. Like we. I thought we were fixing to be home, and I look up and I say, "Welcome to Alabama," and I just started crying. We're going the opposite <laughs> way. We're going east. We're going west. <laughs> it's like I quit this day. How we missed that turn? <laughs> 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 I'm just going for the ride. No. At that point. <laughs> but anyway, they're a lot of fun. It's almost like a tailgate, but better. Yeah, that's the best way. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. All right. That's the way it used to be. Yeah. Kind of. Competition barbecue kind of, you know, is different. It's it's it got to it's gotten to be where you had to have the more money you had, the more better stuff you could buy, the better chance you had, I guess. So that kind of takes the aspect away from um, the fun side of it. But there's you know. a lot of popping up. Locally. But it's changed. You know, it's it's you know, 
it's what you want to put into it. If you just want to go and cook and have a good time, you could do that. If you want to spend all the money and try to chase points, you can do that. Yeah. It's kind of up to you. That's very true. So uh, this contest, Jeremy, he emailed in. Um, this contest is happening 1st of October in Illinois. It's a contest where he's cooking pulled pork ribs and chicken, and they're supplying the meat. Awesome. So, I like those. Yeah. Everybody's on the even playing field. So he's getting two Boston butts, four racks of baby backs, and chicken thighs. How long does he get to cook? That's the biggest question on those. Setting up at 5 a.m., chef's meeting at 6.30. They begin cooking at 7. They got to turn in chicken at 2, ribs turning at 3.30, and pulled porks at 5. That's plenty of time to do it. You don't have to rush the – I mean, not rush the pork, but you ain't going to be able to cook it super slow. You're going to have to you know, get yeah. it on. But so, I like those one-day cooks. Yeah, that's another good time, yeah. too. Um, so he's using a camp chef and a rec tech. Both pellet girls. I'm just, yeah. Both, both pellet girls. girls. Yeah. Yeah. What was the question? Um, he's thinking to use the rec tech to cook the butts. Camp chef for ribs and chicken, but he's open to suggestions. That's what I would do. So what would you do? I'd you know you gonna I'd get some smoke on those butts as quick as I could. Like and then get as them as soon as you get the butts, get them on. Yeah, get them. Have that pellet grill hot. I you know that's the first thing I do when I got there. I'd, Turn it on and get it rolling. Cause you gotta, you know, want. What are you on. talking about? Two fifty, two seventy five. Yeah, I'd probably. I mean, I like to start them out lower on a pellet grill to get some more smoke flavor, but it is what it is. So you got basically eight hours to get them done. Sound like so, maybe a little more than eight. But by the time you you know get everything going, so you could do it. I would. I'd trim the butt down some. I'd trim it down some. I'd want it to be, you know, six. Six and a half, seven pounds, at, you know, but the biggest if I'm cooking it that far. Where would I'd, you trim from? I'd take it off the sides and make sure, I mean. Leave that money lot, muscle I'd front. take that, some of that, you know, meat off the bottom of it, you know, the opposite of the skin side, the fat side. I'd, I'd cut down, cut some of that meat out that I know I'm not going to uh, use, and I'd concentrate on the muscles that I, best muscles in that butt. You could even speed it up more by. Um, deboning it, kind of opening it up, and then setting the money muscles on top, and having you know the other muscles laid out there, and concentrate on those too. That's going to speed it up. But I'd get some get some seasoning on it, get some smoke on it. Uh, it's going to take you know two or three hours to get some smoke on it, then get that dude wrapped up and get it tender, and then I'd get it to where I can hold it. You know, if I'm, since I'm cooking it faster, I'm going to run it up a little bit hotter than normal. So what's that? What's it's going to be you know that two hundred five, two ten range probably internal. I'd watch my money muscle, just, you know, not, don't overcook it. If if the contest will allow, I'd separate it when it got, you know, got to be time. I hadn't I hadn't done enough of these KCBS contests where you can cook just the money muscle. This so. one can't be a KCBS if they're providing Yeah, meat. no, it's not. Yeah. It's It sounds like it's anything goes on that. So that's what I'd do. I'd lay it out and get that done and watch my internal temps and hold it. And when you say hold it, it you're saying end. when it hits 205, put it in yeah. dry cooler or Yeah, or Cambro, uh, get it, you know, insulated cooler, you know. With what the, would be your ideal hold time? Like if you. I'd like to have at least an hour, you know, too, preferably. I don't know if he's going to have that in a day like that, but he might, you know, and then get it back out in time to get a little glaze on it and get it uh, boxed up and then turned in. How would you do your ribs and your chicken? Your chicken's going I'd at fire two, up the camp ribs show. at 330. I mean, chicken's no problem. It's only going to take you're only going to give yourself two hours to cook, to cook the chicken, you know. So, it, and you don't have to really hold it. So, chicken's no problem. I mean, I would probably get my ribs done, and then hold them a little bit, 
assuming they're cooking probably spare ribs. So they're baby backs. Oh, they're baby backs? Mm-hmm. I mean, I still like to hold them at least an hour. So I'd get those. I'd, I'd concentrate. I'd, I'd have my ribs timed to where they were almost getting there before I ever hit the chicken, ever hit the grill. You know, and then I'd hold those ribs, fire up that temp. Because when I'm cooking chicken on a pellet grill, I like to cook it at least, you know, 300 at least. And so the ribs, saying- I'm probably going to cook at 275. So I want to crank that grill up a little bit when the ribs are, you know, about done or are coming off. And then my chicken's going on. And I'm cooking chicken thighs. Uh, you know, I've got them trimmed up. So you're saying? I would trim chicken last. I'd get my butts on, get my ribs squared up, seasoned up, whatever I'm doing to them, put them back in the cooler, let them hang out till rib time. Uh, what time was what time was his rib turning? See, chicken's at 2 and ribs at 3.30. Oh, I would, ribs would probably be on, I'd give myself six and a half hours for ribs. So back that off at three, or back that off at three, that gives me 30 minutes to build. What's that? Three. <laughs> what's that? Nine. So about, you know, eight, eight thirty, ribs should be getting to go on. Really, though, probably by the time you get the butts on, your It'll ribs be probably be time to get out and sit out and come to room temp. And once I get them on, it's just go straight to chicken. Get my chicken trimmed, get it seasoned and hold, and then pull it out of the cooler a little bit before right when the ribs get done and the chicken needs to hit the grill. So you, chicken will be hitting, my chicken will be hitting the grill about eleven forty five. So you're gonna hold your ribs for that hour essentially. Yeah, yeah. That, two that'd hours, be cool. that'd be hour, two hours. While yeah. the chicken cooks. The chicken's gonna need it. If you've got that grill at three hundred, the chicken will need, you know, probably about an hour oh, in the smoke and then thirty, forty five in the wrap, covered up. And then take it off and glaze it and turn it in. So, and then you pull your ribs out and sauce and then them. sauce them. Put them back on. Just tighten that. You know, put them back on the pit. Tighten that up a little bit. Cut them. Get them in the box. And then it's on the building port box. I hope this guy has a schedule built out after this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That was a lot. That was a it was. lot. It was great. No, I think that kind of. But it's very doable in that timeline. Yeah. Especially when you get the ribs done ahead of time and let let them hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could push them and you could slow that chicken down. I just think your skin's going to be better if you cook it at three hundred or a little over, and then keep your ribs at two seventy five. And y'all have become real big fans of holding ribs for comps anyway. Yeah, I mean, y'all I swear they make it better. better. Yeah. It does. So, um, have you seen that the Traeger has a new bold pellet? Have you noticed that? No, is it like these flavored pellets where they've got? Yeah, you've got some. Have you used them? I hadn't used them. Okay. Yeah. I think they sent me a bag. I hadn't used them yet. I opened a bag the other day. What did it have? Like onion flakes it was like and rosemary. rosemary and yeah. Yeah. See, uh, did you did you cook with those or did you just open them? No, I cooked with them. Oh, I was going to save those couldn't. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you couldn't tell. Tell a lick of difference. Yeah. You know, we used to, we would take uh, dehydrated onion flake and add to our pellet hopper when I was cooking <laughs> on Yoder's. Because we always, you know, our cook contest cooking, MBN style, Memphis and May style, we would burn onions and garlics in our coal bed along with the wood to give us more aromatics, you know, to get that. And I said, it's got to be go. I mean, it's mixing with the smoke. It smells dang good while it's doing it. Why not use that philosophy over on a pellet grill? Yeah. And so we were adding stuff to the pellet grill, you know, way before they come out with blends that did it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Kingsford has some too. Yeah, they do. They have a bunch of different stuff in their pellets that, uh, you know, it's probably just filler. Way to way to market it. And <laughs> yeah. Sell it more expensive to you. It was pretty but strong it, when I was. Does it work? The... Yeah, the scent of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just talking to Tyler. I, Are they? Can you taste a difference? No. That's a. I mean, that's a. That's a question to 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 test out. I See if you had a group of people, and you cooked. You know, you had a control, and then you use these other pellets, and tell me what you know what you think the flavor is from the smoke. Pick See the yeah. Use Match. a neutral, like neutral seasoning, maybe just salt, and then smoked environment, controlled temp on the, everything. See if you could tell. Same kind of grills, just change the pellets out. I don't think you could. I don't, I don't think, think I could. I don't think you could. I don't think I could, <laughs> I especially when you're using rubs and sauces and all this other yeah. stuff. Could you tell? I can't tell. And maybe I don't pick up on those subtle yeah. flavors. I can't tell it. I don't think I could tell. From brand to brand to flavor to flavor. I just, the only thing I can tell is which ones burn decent, which ones produce less ash, and which ones, you know, seem to run through my pellet grill better. <laughs> yeah. And there's not a whole lot of difference. I just, I'm not, I'm not buying the fact that there's all these different uh, pellet companies with different machines making all these pellets. You think it's yeah, all being made I like it? I think there's only a few and they're probably relabeling a bunch of them. Who knows? I mean, it's like a charcoal. There's not that many different charcoal. You say, I mean, there's all kinds of brands of charcoal, but they're probably only made at a, a few places. They just relabel. I know Kingsford and Royal Oak, I guarantee you do, you know, make a bunch of oh, different yeah. brands. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Stores will make their own brand. I mean, you look at all like the old Diz and all those old ones, you know, that you used to see. That was just Royal Oak, you know. Um. I do like Traeger's new pellet bag. They have like a little spot where it's easy to Easy open. You don't open. have to use your teeth anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got like a re resealable. Yeah. We've brought um, this brand called Bear Mountain into the shop. You know, along with, we sell Traeger pellets. We sell the Royal Oak uh, charcoal pellet, all char charcoal. And we sell these Bear Mountains now. And I really like the Bear Mountains. They're good pellets. They're a little bit bigger pellet. It does look like it's manufactured a different place than than Traeger's are and Barbecue's Delight and things like that because it's just a fatter pellet. Oh, it's a whole different yeah, shape. Yeah. yeah. Their extruder looks different. But I don't know. Cool. I could be completely off base. This could be just, you know, uh, conspiracy yeah. theory I'm thinking, but I just don't think there's that many different people making pellets. <laughs> <So> you're, <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're just paying for the name or yeah. whatever. I don't know. Where, I mean, I don't have no idea where pellet. I know. I know Barbecue's Delights over in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and they make a bunch. And I've heard they've relabeled before. And I know that there are several brands that they made. So I'm with you. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I just don't think that there's. I may have a charcoal one, one day. That I'm not going to buy a charcoal plant. You know. I just don't think there's a a reason to clean your hopper to you know like. Well, I gotta pull the cherry pellets out and put the oh yeah pellets yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, I'd never do that. Just run them. When I talk about these pellet dumps and people getting hung up on grills, not having a pellet clean out, I can see having the pellet clean out for when you want to clean the grill, like you want to clean your hopper, yeah. vacuum it all out, get all the whatever dust is in there out. But to change out flavors of pellets because I think this chicken's gonna taste different than these ribs or something. I ain't. Yeah, you would never. I don't think you'd know. They're all that's, the same. That's, that's your theory. Shell's saying they're all the same. So it's like super they have different. They, I mean, they do like all the different same. woods. But a lot of these pellets, they're. I mean, you got to think the base pellet. It's a hardwood, so it could be oak, it could be hickory, it's a combination of. That's usually the base of them. And then when they do add stuff for like you know, unless it says one hundred percent cherry wood pellet, 
it's it's a combination. So yeah. they're all like a blend, you know. I don't even know. And Traeger was even they got they had a lot of people. I don't know if it was they had to address it or not, but they were using some kind of a fla- wood flavored oil or something or something on their pellets to get to, to be able to call them like maple and stuff like that. Oh, even, really? Yeah, they had a whole thing about that, and I don't know whatever happened of it, but I bet I mean I'm sure these companies still do it. I know when they used to make the Jack Daniels pellets, I think they'd pour little Jack Daniels in there. Like when you <laughs> when you open it up, you can smell, smell it. it. They were spraying the pellets with a little bit of Jack Daniels before they bagged them. Do they not make those anymore? Yeah, I'm sure they do. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. I try it. We said I've cooked with them. Can you tell that? No, you can smell it, but it, <laughs> yeah. you can't tell it's been cooked with. Oh, that's been cooked with Jack Daniels pellets. It's good party conversation. That's before. right. Go get my Jack Daniels pellets. Now we'll say like you take the charcoal pellet versus wood pellet. You're not going to get the wood flavor from those charcoal pellets like you do wood pellets, yeah. but you get the heat, you get you know longer burn times, it gets the grill hotter faster. The charcoal pellets do, and they don't absorb moisture. Where some of my pellets, if I leave them sitting out and forget them, they're going to start absorb. They're like a sponge. Any moisture around, they're going to draw Heck it. Heck yeah, so, that's kind of know. what they're used for. Yeah, they, some application. Some, yeah, they they use some pine pellets for bedding, or just I guess crap wood that they can't use for. For cooking fuel or house fuel, yeah. fuel they'll use them for bedding. That would be a good experiment. You'd have to get the same like three grills. You have the same similar, yeah, same grill, same temperature, same food. Just change the pellets and see if you could. And maybe we'll we'll have well, to come I, back and we'll have to address this again and take everything back we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, y'all. <laughs> I need to invite. I need to get some pellet uh, pellet people in here and get them tell us about it. Yeah. See what they say. They can get multiple ones at the same time so they can argue. <laughs> <laughs> we can just sit back, take a week off. Yeah. yeah. Pellet roundtable discussion. <laughs> um, I did see on the community someone had posted uh, barbecue for breakfast. Has anybody ever had barbecue for Heck breakfast? Heck yeah. <laughs> so what are all the ways you've had barbecue for breakfast? Man, uh, pulled pork goes great. Like I seasoned it with my sausage seasoning. And serve it like I'll make biscuits, make some gravy, pulled pork, like do a, a fried egg over a biscuit with a big pile of pulled pork on it. It's been, I mean, it, it could be cooked with barbecue season, but it's really good with sausage season on the outside and brown sugar. Pulled over an egg with that gravy over it. You talk about, man. It's really good. That's a country <laughs> eggs, Benedict. It is really good. You've done it before with that. Barbecue. I've done it with That's... omelets. I mean, put brisket and omelets. I've, I mean, I've, you know. Hey. Brisket tacos, Bucky sells. Brisket tacos, yeah, them. yeah. And pulled pork, brisket, whatever you want to put in it. I never, I don't think I've ever had like barbecue chicken for breakfast. I don't but, think so. But I have had ribs. Uh, I have had ribs for done with the sausage seasoning and served for breakfast. They're really? Good. Yeah. On really the bone? Good. Yeah, on the bone. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there's a barbecue chicken and waffles out there or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah that'd sure. be a good one. That's Yeah, that would be a good one. I've done, I've done that. Yeah, but you use cornbread waffles. Yeah, instead of yeah. It was like a blue cheese cornbread waffle or something. It was. It was really fire. good. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. I bought a waffle maker just to make that recipe. <laughs> I don't think I've used it since. <laughs> Michael used it one time. But it was it was a, a piece of barbecue chicken, you know, grilled chicken with barbecue sauce over a cornbread waffle, blue cheese waffle. I think that's what it was. The sauce. Yeah. And it was it was good. I mean. What are some things? I mean. Smoked sausage definitely for breakfast. Oh yeah, smoked sausage on biscuit. Barbecue bologna for breakfast all day. 
You could probably do like breakfast burritos, like with all, hey, pulled pork brisket. All day, yeah. I mean, Hash when you pulled pork, when you're doing all these contests all like we used to, a lot of times you eat just yeah, whatever. You've yeah. eaten barbecue. I've had barbecue Kalaches. nachos for breakfast. Yeah. Kalaches <laughs> is like a um, pastry with the smoked sausage in the middle of it. I love those. It's like, think of like uh, pigs in a blanket. But it a was, big, delicious, yeah. more delicious version. Yeah, a donut without the sweetness, basically. Stuffed with the smoke, piece of smoked sausage. Get the spicy ones. Spicy. Jalapeno and cheese. Bucky's has some. They're, They're not our as donut good shop's doing our donut town. shop, yeah. yeah. I don't know, there's something about the way the donut shops do. Oh, man, they got it figured out. The the crust or the pastry around the the sausage is so light and fluffy, and yeah, that sausage is so greasy and spicy. <laughs> I mean, I like so the breakfast good. casseroles, so you can use you know you could use your barbecue and breakfast casseroles however you yeah. want. And it's I mean it's pretty much just an egg casserole. You've done a lot. You or when we had quarantine, you did um some breakfast. I don't know what, what we're called. Sandwiches. Stay in cookout or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I did little breakfast sandwiches like on the grill where I grilled the sausage. and Like a live stream or something egg, like that. Yeah. yeah. Candied bacon you do on the smoker goes great when you're doing breakfast stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do. You could use the barbecue or grill, the, the pit or grill for for breakfast. So don't let anybody ever tell you yeah. barbecue ain't for breakfast. That's right. Who tells you that? <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. When we did the Royal Oak thing, uh, the shoot with them, didn't you do something on like the outlaw, like little sausage, and you did the raspberry chipotle honey? Oh hog? yeah, that Sauce was a cheese good balls. Uh, oh no, it was like yeah, sliced. smoked yeah, smoked fatty sausage basically. Yeah. yeah, you just take bulk sausage and form it into like a meatloaf basically, or just take it right out of the wrapper if you buy at the grocery store, season it up, smoke it on the pit till it's one sixty five, and then put it on the little biscuits, Hawaiian roll sliders. Uh, top it with, a, like you said, uh, any kind of jam or jelly or pepper jelly or you used, raspberry uh, chipotle blues hog. Yep, that's what yeah. you use. Makes it really good. And and put a little, a little piece of cheese, cheese on it and let it melt. Yeah. That's a tailgate breakfast food. It really is. Sausage and cheese balls on the pit are one thing I like to do too. What are those things that um, we had somebody that we used to cook with? They'd bring it to us every Saturday morning. It was like. It's booty and bread. Egg, no, oh, it was like oh. an egg with. Something by Scotch egg, maybe, with some meat wrapped around it, and they would smoke the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. It a, it was it a boiled egg? It was a boiled egg. Yeah. They'd wrap like sausage around, and then bacon around that. Yeah, and then glaze it. Yeah. Yep. Well, is that really? I guess that could be breakfast. I guess it would be. They'd bring it over for breakfast. Yeah. What did Boudin Brad used to bring? Boudin kolaches. <laughs> They're so, <laughs> so good. Yeah. He makes a boudin king cake. Is he the one that makes the boudin uh, king cake? I think he does sell boudin king cakes. And he's got a little sh- a shop, meat shop down in Louisiana. That's. Except it's called it's called Ronnie's, Ronnie's Boudins and Crackland. If you're in Louisiana, I think he's got two. He had two places. I don't know if he still does or not. But oh. They were excellent. Have you ever seen him at a barbecue contest? We still was cooking them, asking for a kolache, boudin <laughs> kolache. He told me he had a lady that come in and made those for him, like a boudin lady or a bakery lady. Like that was her specialty. I need a boudin lady. <laughs> Who don't? <laughs> Who don't? <laughs> well, Malk, that's all I have for today. Hey, yeah, we're, uh, got some more recipes. We'll be working on coming up. I got to go film some TikTok recipes tomorrow. What you got in mind? Um, anything? 
Yeah, I got a few things in mind. I've been wanting to. Everybody's been doing these shotgun shells. I hadn't done those yet. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about doing some of those. You keep I'm really, telling me you're going to do jerk chicken. Yeah, jerk chicken was on my on my radar to do it. I've never done TikTok on that. Um, I want to do that salmon recipe, but do it on the on the pellet grill. Mm-hmm. See if it turns out as good as it did when I air fried it. And then I've got a watermelon crawl drink. Um, <laughs> thinking about doing a TikTok on. I think that's a great name. I do too. I'm sure there's all kinds of watermelon crawl drinks. It has to be. How could there not be? It's probably they're probably shots. But I want to do a drink. It's going to be very similar to my watermelon margarita. I just had decided if I'm going to use yeah, what booze? tequila or vodka. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of watermelon vodka. crawls. Vodka yeah. would be delicious. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking vodka on that one. Some Tito's, some fresh watermelon juice, a little simply watermelon, maybe a little pucker or mint. Or lime. Uh, you could add some lime to it, yeah, for sure. Fresh lime juice. Or is it just going to be the sweet? No, no. I'm probably going to, you know. It's going to have a little sweet, sour, knock you on the floor type drink <laughs> that, that, that you won't even know. Before you know it, you'll be crawling for the door. <laughs> <laughs> I like those. But, yeah, that's it. Tyler, what else you got going on, man? Make sure you guys join our Let's Get to Cooking community page on Facebook, and that's where we get a lot of these questions that we that Shell asks on the podcast. Um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you guys download the How to Barbecue Right app or all of Malcolm's favorite recipes um, are located as well as howtobarbecuerite.com. All right, Shell, where can they find us if they don't know? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How to BBQ Right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and, of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. Hey, well, that's going to do it for us on this episode of How to Barbecue Right, the podcast. We we will be back next week for another episode. Appreciate y'all tuning in, and we'll see you next week. We gone.